This is uh, Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio with Emily Dean and Pierre Novelli, as far as I can remember. <laughs> Text the show at 8.12.15. Follow us on X and Instagram at Frank on the Radio. Email via frank at absoluteradio.co.uk. <sighs> Why do they have to be so long? Couldn't they come up now with just names like Blip? What do you mean? <laughs> really dumb at dot. Email, email blip. Well, everything else, most things at least, have got smaller as they've advanced. Change mm. start to the morning a complaint. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so anyway, I had an exciting night last night. I went to um, HMV Oxford Street. Oh, yeah. How, how, how was 1979? Uh, yeah, well, now it those <laughs> shops now, the, the re rise of vinyl as. Um, as saved a lot of those uh, record shops. Can I ask a question? Do they still have as the logo the, do- the dog? They do. Oh, do they? With yeah. the gramophone? Uh, Nipper. Oh. Oh. That was his name, I Is believe. It? Yeah, the HMV dog. They haven't changed it to a, a dog on TikTok on the bus. No, no, okay. they've stopped. I think they've slightly stylized the logo, but a lot of people, all the football clubs, slightly changed their badges in the 80s because they realised that no one copyrighted it in the, in the 1890s. <laughs> so they needed one that they could control. Yeah. yeah. No, it was. Uh, what was happening is that um, Bruce Dickinson, the voice of Iron Maiden, and was bringing out a new solo album and signing them. So uh, I went along with my child, who's mad about metal. And, and uh, we did all that, got the album signed. Did you see uh, BD? Oh, yeah. Oh, God, yeah, we spoke. I actually you presented spoke? him with an award. Completely. Somebody said, well, you, do you mind giving him an award? I said, yeah, OK. <laughs> and I gave him, you know, do you know what a silver play button is? No. It's on, if you get 100,000 subscribers on... Is it um, YouTube? On YouTube, yeah, you get... Uh, you oh. get a, and I gave him the award and he said, oh, look, I could shave in this. Can you see that? Because <laughs> it's kind of reflective in the middle. <laughs> he said, honestly, I could actually shave. I think he was seriously thinking about it. That would be pretty great to have, yeah. a, to have an award on a sort of, you know, those yeah. mirrors that come off the wall on a sort of arm. It'd also be a great photo, wouldn't it? Bruce Dickinson yeah. shaving in his own award. That would be great. Mm. Was that, that Buzz's first uh, encounter with him then? Well, we've seen them live, but obviously See, they're they're at a distance. But his first meeting group was he was he excited to meet him? Oh, oh. come man! I mean, he was all the way home. He was yeah. still absolutely. I mean, I was excited to meet him. Well, he's, he's one of our nation's best fences and pilots. Yeah, that's <laughs> Just true. Two insane Is things. Is he from about... Birmingham? No, he's very. Uh, I, I just don't know exactly where he's from. He's very. Off. He's very southeast. They're very mm. West Ham. <laughs> Um, maiden. There's yeah. a lot of claret and blue on stage. What, a little bit naughty? Yeah, a bit naughty. <laughs> At home. <laughs> West Ham are naughty. Um, yeah, they're a bit that. What is Bruce's style now? I'm interested. So has he gone for, you know, I call it the, uh, it's that LA sheet with the, sometimes they go a bit Mick Jagger with the raised black platform trainer. Mm. No, he'd gone the elasticated, side, gossip, waterproof, practical boot. You know that? Yes. There's a name for those. There's a brand. Yes. and then I've got some. You just sort of slide on in there and get out the door. Come on, come on, Em. You're the fashion brand. I need to uh, visualise what you're talking about. So not a Chelsea boot. No, no. You, you might guess if you weren't in that it was a Doc Martin boot, but it's a different company. Um, like a desert boot, but not yeah, quite. Yeah, there's, there's a okay. name, there's a brand. Okay. Anyway, you had those on. All right. I've got a pair of those, they're pretty cool. Boot cut jeans? And you know you leave that <laughs> thing... No, no, he's not like that. He's not, what do you use sometimes? On stage, I tell on stage, rug, he, wears, he wears quite a lot of goggles on stage, and I love yes. goggles, <laughs> a sort of, you know... What, steampunk? Yeah, very, oh. very steampunk, like a yeah. long, grey, slightly... Um, 
mashed coat with goggles. Before, yeah. he, before he sings a, a seven-minute song about the Battle of Jutland. Well, like, yeah, like he'd arrived in uh, in an air balloon, <laughs> yeah, um, yes. like with a strange um, machine that looks like a deep-sea diving outfit. <laughs> yes. Anyway, I was very excited to meet Bruce, and still, as everyone said, the voice is actually getting better. How does that happen? I had um, a letter from Adam Lethbridge, who okay. um, works for Cozo, and he has sent us some finest handcrafted biltong. He certainly has, with our picture on. Yeah, he's put our picture on the biltong. No, that would be oh, weird. Beef is a terrible photography uh, medium. <laughs> yeah, Can I say you I don't, don't see much beef art. No. Well, Captain Beef Art, of course, is famous for it. Can I say, we received these packages this morning. Yes, I'm all right, still... Neville Chamberlain. <laughs> I held in my hand a piece of beef. <laughs> I held in my this piece German of beef. German Chancellor <laughs> Hitler <laughs> sent me some beef. <laughs> um, I am still perusing mine. Mm. Yeah, straight in within seconds. I thought, how, how didn't what, take what could time. go wrong if you get built on close to. Uh, yeah, he's in. Built on, we should exp- Can you explain it? Is it a South African thing I associate yeah. it with? Yeah, it's dried, it's dried uh, beef. It's like beef jerky, but good. Yeah. So take that, beef jerky, if you're listening. <laughs> so it's like gummy bears for people who would eat bears if you could uh, get the actual thing. <laughs> yes, if you could cut off just strips of bear and cure it. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, no, you can't eat cure it. That would be completely wrong. <laughs> um, even if they are Anglicans. Um, I um, He's also sent me one of my... Fa- well, it is my favourite um, writing utensil. Mm. The four-colour pen. <laughs> mm. so, oh, you love um, a four-colour. Um, I'd just like to have one with me. Um, he said there's one word for the show, and then he s- said, ask Pierre. I don't want to read it out in case he's trapping me into saying just something saying terribly a, a, obscene. A notorious obscenity. But um, I'm guessing it's... Like, um, Frank's handed it over in a sort of be my eyes, Pierre. <laughs> <laughs> Move. My eyes, my eyes. Read it. He helps when? me with the trains. <laughs> when will he come home? Read it. <laughs> Have you read it? Lekker. Yeah. Lekker is, is like, um, it technically means delicious, but it, it's also, you could say it when something's cool. Okay, lekker. Lekker, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. I think he's winding us up, humiliating us. We're going to use that in the wrong context. Yeah, when we go, because I've got a South African ladies hairdresser friend, and I think she uses a lot of lekker. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Listen, now, do people still use lekker? I've completely, I'm guessing. Yes. On furniture. We don't call it lekker. Well, oh, I what see what for the now? hair. Yeah. Yes, but I think it's gone the way of rouge. Oh, it's what's it? Oh, Rouge became blusher. Very good, Frank. And lacquer became hairspray. You don't even need me anymore. You're literate. You're very beautiful. Can you still get a shampoo and set? (laughs) I used to like the idea that the hair was set like a trifle (laughs) at the end. You used to see old women coming out of shops and their hair, you cut. Is their hair <laughs> on moving in the Just wind? Bullets ricocheting Their faces off. were blowing all yep. over the place, but their hair was absolutely intact. It's for that real, what we used to call a, the astronaut's wife hair. Yes. It was very much the look. Well, this, the astronaut would not have needed a help. <laughs> and also, of course, the, the famous blue rinse, which was um, now has become like a thing that cool people have. And old ladies would have, it was more of a, they'd have completely purple hair. Do you know any blue? I'll tell you who I think was sitting in that chair was uh, Molly Sugden. Yes. People are familiar with yes, her. Yes, but Molly Sugden thought it was a joke thing, but there was old ladies, and not that old ladies, did you around know where any? I... Oh, they're all over the place. I did, I did yeah. find it, when I learned about this growing up in the UK, hard to comprehend how the nation's sort of old, you know, old, grand, grand old ladies, yeah. not sort of very rock and roll as a demographic, like, oh, of course, it's tradition for them to suddenly have purple hair. Yeah, it was like it was like a retirement home financed by Willy Wonka, <laughs> <laughs> where all the old umpa lumpers ended up. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. 
I um I went to a gig this week. What kind of a gig? Well, let's put it this way: the lead singer and guitarist came on and said, "Right, we're a covers band. Oh. This is basically a glorified karaoke night. If you want to sing along, just go for it. We're just gonna do songs that we like, like we play when we're sitting around at home." Was it Jive Bunny? It was um, Billy Joe Armstrong from Green Day. So he's wow. got a sort of side project called the Cover Ops, and they—that's they, what they do. He's the—he's the, he's the main guy. He's uh, not the eyeliner man, is he? Yeah, Sarah, the producer. Yes, is not, um, yeah, not always. Okay, don't get defensive over. No, no, I'm, I'm, you I'm may, okay. He may be the main eyeliner man, but they did. No, well, it's no. Robert Smith is the is Mr. <laughs> oh, I like yeah, that. Come true. on. That's true. Yes. Um, and also, the, who's the Australian piano player, comedian? Tim Minchin. Yeah, he's oh, very... Oh, he eyeliner man? Oh, God, yeah, he's very eyeliner. <laughs> anyway, so they did a load of covers. It was absolutely joyous experience. What did they do? Because I, I would be well, fascinated to know what he enjoys in... Well, the stuff, there was friends. stuff I expected, like they did I, I Want to Be Sedated by the uh, Ramones yeah, and yeah. Should I Stay or Should I Go, for example, which, yeah. you know, by, by a Clash. But then they did uh, I Think We're Alone Now by Tiffany. Oh. <laughs> oh. I'm in. I'm in already. Wow. And uh, Summer of 69. Oh. <laughs> Brian Adams. Oh, wow. It was so great. But for me, the highlight, and I wouldn't, if you'd have said to me, what are they going to cover? I wouldn't have got this if I'd had a million guesses. They did Fox on the Run by Sweet. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Oh. But it's a real 70s glam rock oh, classic. Right. I, when, as it unfolded, I couldn't get me phone out quick enough because I thought, I won't believe. <laughs> Tomorrow, I won't believe this happened. I need to film it. You must have kept getting this wonderful sense of anticipation every time a song ended. Yeah. What are they going to break out now? Yeah, Could be anything. I was constantly thinking, these were the best days of my <laughs> life. <laughs> and then he says, um, he says, so, right, we've got a special guest now. And then you think, oh, OK. And I love guessing a special guest. Mm. Um, always start with Roddy Wood. That's always a very, <laughs> that's a good bet. Yeah. And, and always a mister as well, as we know. Yeah, yeah. mister. Well, he, did, he did do this. So Billy Joe says, uh, we got a guest there. He or she is. And I thought, okay, I'm <gasps> thinking, ooh, ooh. And it was uh, Courtney Love came on. Wow. Which is great. Oh and did a sort of cheap trick uh, cover and uh, Tom Petty. It was, um, it was. She did that one. You know that mom? Was it? Daddy's all right. Mommy's all right. Oh, they both look a bit weird. Surrender. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, I'm just telling you about the gig, which I'm, I'm sorry, um, but it was great. And so, it did you great. go to this with bars? Um, I can't answer that officially. Oh, I understand, yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but there was something. I have. I don't do many clubs now. No. But there is a golden, what I thought was a, a rock iron rule in clubs that would, you know, that was just in place. And it seems it's been, behind my back, it's been totally rescinded. What's that? Well, I'll tell you after this. Frank Skinner. The last time I was in um, clubs, really, I only go there if there's a gig now. Mm. Um, there was a rule which I thought, this is it forever. It was a way of keeping the place, you know, calm and and social. And uh, the rule that no longer exists is no Burberry. Really? There was a guy next to me in Burberry, and I thought, you, but you wouldn't have got in last time I was in a club, mate. <laughs> <laughs> and he didn't look, he didn't look hostile. They, they've re, um, re-energised their image, Burberry. They, well, I mean, they Well, they've tried. They're, they're, that, what a phenomenon. It's like that Lout suddenly started wearing <laughs> top hats. <laughs> <laughs> it was, I suppose it's a bit like the bowler hats in yeah. their clockwork orange. Yeah. Yes. But if you were wearing Burberry anything, no, you couldn't get into a club. No, it had, a, it had taken on a very thuggish element. And it's, it's like, it was so posh, though. It was, when it started, I remember reading this, in the 19th, late 19th century, I think mid-late 19th century, mm. um, its target um, thing for publicity is it, it, 
it supplied the outfits for Arctic explorers. <laughs> Doesn't get so, any posher than that. But we dressed Roald Admundsen. <laughs> I mean, that is a cool slot to fill. That is great. When when do you think that the the sort of sagification of Burberry began? I think it was um, a nineties thing. Was yes. it? Was it? It was. It was associated with this, this, uh, a word which I. Hate, yes, we which don't is like. basically um, suggesting that all working class people are um, thoggish. Mm. Mm. Um, I think I can, you can say it. It was chaff. It was chaff culture, yes. but it was a real. Mm. It came with a lot of um, elitist um, stuff behind it. But that was it, that was the uh, the costume of, of that. Yeah, yeah. I, and I, you would occasionally see aggressive dogs with a little kerchief. Oh, yeah. Sometimes, do you know what I mean? A dog in a kerchief, that's <laughs> such a festival thing to see. Not a Burberry one. Not on a Burberry, that means that's, something very that's, different. That's what the XL bullies would be wearing. You now. see the XL, yeah, XL bullies, if they were going to wear a is kerchief. There a, is there a current taboo brand that I wouldn't be able to get into a club in? Tweet, oh, speaking tweet. of brands, by the way. <laughs> yes. Um, we had an answer to the elasticated... Um, we did. ...hardy boot... And this is the boot that Bruce Dickinson was seen in. Well, it look, if it wasn't, it was very... I've got a pair, and it's got that thing on the back. You know the loop on the top of the back of the boot that you're supposed to use for pulling them on, but that, what they really do is they just keep your trousers all ruffled up over the top. Yes. Oh, yeah. yes, I know that. They give it that informal L.A. look, which yes. I rather like. What would it be called, that? Joe's, the is boot it, or the, like the trouser? boot loop. No, the loop, the pulling loop. No, I like boot loop. Let's do that. Yeah. Josephine Vinder, I'm going for. OK. W-I-N-D-E-R. Are you thinking of the Australian Blunston boot? That's exactly what I'm thinking of. Blunstone, Blunston. Oh, Who knows? Yeah. However, that was from Josephine Winder, Vinder, and uh, I think she's she solved it. She has. She's. I think we can close that particular Vinder. <laughs> Come on. Um. This is why sell out run. Hey, what about when um, Courtney Love came on? She said, uh, "Great to see you guys. I've been living in a cave in Birmingham for nine years." <laughs> Did you say? I, I know I the feeling. I didn't say that in the Express and Star. <laughs> Did she say that? Yeah. What does it mean? If anyone out there knows about Birmingham. Courtney Love's the cave, did you does say? Does she mean our Birmingham, or does she mean? Yeah, that's true. Did she mean Birmingham, Alabama? Does she mean in old Alabama? <laughs> She's lived in a cave. Did you say? Never mind that. Try the Central Reservation. There's a little Richard song because going back to Birmingham, way down in Alabama. That's his. Uh, that's his right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but what is this something that people know about? That Courtney Love lived in a cave. In She's been spotted at the bullring. Is she yeah. being confused with Ozzy Osbourne? I, I, it was definitely wasn't him. Yeah, it was her. Well, if anyone's got an answer, I'd love to know. Frank Skinner. Absolute Radio. Anyway. Anyway, listen. Mark Allen. That's a great... People don't say that enough on radio. What? Listen. Listen. Mark Allen has been in touch. Mm. You referred earlier to going to see... Uh, the cover-ups. The, yeah. And they brought on Courtney Love. Who yeah. said, at one point... Who said, um, I don't know how this is going to go. I've been living in a cave in Birmingham for nine years. <laughs> Which slightly threw you. Well, it did, yeah, because I thought I thought I would have got that on the grapevine. Yeah, <laughs> like the Birmingham grapevine. So, Mark Allen has some information. Read mm. this. Courtney Love has been living near the George Pub in Worley for the last nine years. Not exactly the Ritz, but hardly a cave, dear. No, not a cave. Have you heard of Worley or? Well, the I lived in Worley. Um, uh, I lived, in the cave? I lived in what we used to call Old Worley, which is like the original Worley, which oh. was not expected. But my dad was the captain of the Domino's team at that pub. That's mad. At the same pub yeah. near Courtney Love? <laughs> yeah, where Courtney Love's been hanging out. That's in like a, a, you know that sort of, Kevin, what's that thing about six 
connections of Kevin Bacon. Six degrees of Kevin Bacon, yeah. six degrees of separation. Yeah, I mean, who would have thought, as I was watching Courtney Love, that I was thinking, oh, she lives opposite where my dad used to be, <laughs> captain the Domino's team. That, Why that, is she there? That's like a guest, guest star in an unrealistic sitcom. Well, you'd have a sitcom set in that pub and they'd go, the Courtney Love would come in and the audience would cheer. When what, she what says okay. What do I have to do to get a pint of bitter around here? <laughs> 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 the audience... <laughs> <laughs> That's her catchphrase every, every week. Is that Courtney Love? Aw. Oh, <laughs> die off. <laughs> Courtney, hey, Courtney Love. I bet they caught, I bet they do that. <laughs> Courtney Love, come here. Yeah. She, um, she said at the end, I'll be back with Hole. Now, Hole was her band, which I don't think have performed for I years. I quite liked Hole. So mm. it could be quite a revelation if that's mm. she's actually, unless she meant she was bringing her flat with her from Birmingham next time. <laughs> <laughs> what if all her songs with Hole now are about sort of West, it, well, sort I of think, West Midlands things? I think yeah. um, this one's called Park Scratchings. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> she might, she could collaborate it, with you, Frank. It lends itself to grunge, I think. The, the area. Oh, very much well, That's so. where metal began. Yeah, you know? it's, it's certainly... Right, does the bull ring still exist? It, it does, yeah. What is it? Is that the shopping centre? It's a centre? market, Oh, OK, really. yeah. We used to go and get... There used to be blokes who used to pile up about 70 plates and cups. And the way they piled them up, they were like storeholders. Mm. They were locked in each other and they would throw them <laughs> like 10 feet into the air and then catch them again. Oh. And obviously they were selling them, but it was very, uh, very attractive. And then there'd be someone two stalls away doing it with lamb cutlets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was one of place you could really smell the raw meat when you went in there. I was so I remember, I remember when I did Naked Attraction. <laughs> oh, my God. Frank. This is Frank Skinner. This is Absolute Radio. This is Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio with Bill Tong in my teeth, um, but also <laughs> Emily Dean and Pierre Novelli. You can text the show on 81215. Follow us on X and Instagram at Frank on the Radio. Email via frank at absoluteradio.co.uk. Mm. That's nice. Oh, uh, Ruth Jordan... Morning all, did you see the story this week about England's strongest man who can roll a frying pan up like a taco? Maybe wow. a challenge for the team to try. I, wow. Ruth says, I reckon Pierre could give it a go. <laughs> what say you, Frank Skinner? Well, oh, that's reminded me of... you know there not, are, not a non-stick one. I, obviously, <laughs> I don't want to have any prejudices in life, but occasionally I feel a sort of... I see something and think... Grr. And I think, I don't want to dislike this, but that just reminds me, if I see any man with a yoga mat, <laughs> there you are, I just think, oh, get away from me. I just, and that's really bad. They're probably I, good people. Why? No, I, I don't know why. percent agree. Oh, no, don't agree. It's I'm bad. afraid. No, it's not specifically yoga. I think it's at least put it in a carrier. Band. Be ashamed is what I think. <laughs> Be a bit ashamed. Put it in a carrier bag. Put it in, you know, those um, pasta um, containers that you get those tips. Yeah, put it in one of those. I but just, don't just walk about blatantly with a yoga mat like it's all right. What if they're just ground mats and they're sort of on a camping trip? No, they're not. You can tell. That I think when I see the yoga mat, ground mats. the yoga mat and the man bum, I think yeah. I suspect you might be the kind of man that won't return calls. I don't mind. You know I mean? Do you know what I mean? I, I don't want to make judgments here. I don't mind the man bun, but a, a rolled up um, yoga mat. It's wrong. I don't want to be that person who who, who judges. Mm. What if you saw someone with a yoga mat, but it was sort of in place of the umbrella, and other than that, they looked exactly like a sort of 50s British civil servant bowler hat. I think they just coat. found a yoga mat <laughs> and were going to the police to hand it in. <laughs> is what I would think. Yeah. Anyway, but rolling up a frying pan is incredible. And as you know, like I do have experience of the world's strongest men, having been on a foreign trip with them to yeah. Malta. I spent a week with them in Malta. Yes. And my, I would say, 
I mean, they wake up, as you know, Frank, I've told you this, at about 3 or 4 a.m. they set the alarm to eat food. Mars bars, eggs. Yeah. I won't tell you well, how they, I know that. They, they reach across the bedside <laughs> table, unfold a frying pan, and there's three <laughs> eggs and nine rashes of bacon still in there, like a little wallet. <laughs> like a like night a, wallet. Like a coin purse. <laughs> I just see what I've got in here. It must it must not the um what what's the non-stick stuff called? Tef- oh yeah, Teflon. Teflon. It must not mm. be Teflon about folding and unfolding. <laughs> it. That's it. They, these guys have got to be folding. Well, in my experience, yeah. they they preferred boiled. Ten eggs sometimes. Ten eggs at breakfast. No, Ten boiled hell. eggs. Ten. Must be hell in there. Yeah, well, it was. It was. Trust me. And Phil- I wonder if there's like um, the really strong, strongest man do a skillet. <laughs> Instead of a private pad. Or they like a griddle. And what about, well, Phil Fister, as you know, broke a, uh, he needed two seats on the plane. Mm. Yeah. Frank. I know. <laughs> yeah. That was just the I'm boiled surprised eggs. He, just, he didn't just pull the plane all the way there with his teeth. Isn't that one of the things they do? They did. I watched them pull a plane. Yeah. But that's great. Rolling up a frying yeah. pan, that's a new one on me. Like taco. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I struggle with bacon foil. <laughs> <laughs> I don't use foil much. I'm a very much a baking paper person. When you know was the that? last time you used foil? Well, I, like I say, I like that. What do they call it? It's baking paper, isn't it? Yeah, grease paper. That's grease, sort of brown, paper. brown, oily paper. That's what I like. Do you still have that? I what? say oily. It's only ten past nine. <laughs> Oh, my God. <laughs> That's my um, repeat joke. You know that thing of every time anyone says anything is only I always have to say that. And you know what? It brings me genuine pleasure. I can see that. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. Uh, Frank, I would like to share with you some reader correspondence. Good. We've had some correspondence from Eddie, who Not states... Not Iron Maiden, Eddie. No, and what yeah. I like about Eddie yeah. is that he simply gives his location as overseas. Oh, OK. Uh-huh. Already I'm in, Eddie. None yeah. of your beeswax. It's, uh, He's yeah, a... it's a bit Lewis Hamilton, <laughs> isn't it? Lewis <laughs> Hamilton right into the Inland Revenue. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, it's a bit... <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit 90 days yeah, exactly. maximum residency. Yeah. Anyway, this is from Eddie, comma, overseas, mm. man of mystery. Dear Frank and team, long-time reader, first-time writer. Read last week's discussion and critique of Abba's song, Waterloo. Oh, yeah. Do you, do you may recall. I was pointing out the fact that Napoleon is name-checked tra- name very early in Waterloo, but... Wellington, who actually was the victor, mm. this theory that history is written by the winners, um, not through Eurovision entries. No, it's written well, by the Swedes. Yeah, Wellington get Wellington's got Eddie uh, brackets overseas mm. has pointed out another what he describes as the most blatant of historical inaccuracies in that okay. song. Despite the song's oft-repeated first line, Napoleon did not, in fact, surrender (laughs) at the Battle of Waterloo. (laughs) Although soundly defeated, our friend Bonaparte fled the battle a free man. I like Uh, our friend Bonaparte. (laughs) (laughs) Overseas. Didn't he have terrible hemorrhoids? I think that was one of the things that damaged Don't drag him down here. Okay, I think that was one of the things that made him not be able to... Give him the man some dignity. ...to do his... um, What's the thing they Business. do in uh, military, not tactics? Something Top. like that. Okay. Hey? There's a word for it. Strategy. Strategy, mm-hmm. yeah. Anyway, our friend Bonaparte fled the Battle of Freeman, returned to Paris in a vain attempt to rally further political support, then proceeded to Rochefort on the coast. It was there he eventually surrendered, 600 kilometres and four weeks distant from the battle. Yes. When I first discussed the erroneous lyrics with my wife, her mouth dropped to the floor. She still considers the song to be an act of the utmost betrayal by the Swedish songsters and songstresses. 
unlike Pierre, not to jump in on this, <laughs> keep up the good work, everyone. Eddie overseas. Yeah. Rochefort. Is that the cheese place, isn't it? It's, it's got to be That's cheese. That's Roquefort, isn't it? Mm. Oh, isn't it the same place? I think Roquefort with a Q. Oh. Mm. Rochefort. What's the point of naming two places so similarly? I'll say Eddie, don't encourage me as well. Mm. I'm trying to do that less. Yes. Eddie, don't encourage me would be a good... I, I wouldn't mind that as a name, a stage name. Eddie, don't encourage Who's me. Who's your favourite Eddie? <laughs> My favourite Eddie. Um, Eddie Reader. <laughs> I don't know who that is. I used to like... It's there was a singer an Eddie. called Eddie Reader. Yes, know. I do. It's Fairground Attraction. Now, mine would be it's Eddie... It's got to be perfect. Eddie Cochran would be mine. Oh. The 50s rock star. Oh. I like... There was an... Was it Eddie Roach? Oh, maybe I've got that wrong. There was an Eddie from Coronation Street, and I liked him. Oh, I don't remember. The dog from Fraser. Oh, Eddie Yates. Eddie Yates. I yeah. liked him. That's my favourite. Played by Jeffrey Hughes. Very good. OK. I like the idea of Eddie's wife... Her mouth dropped to the floor when he <laughs> explained that Napoleon didn't surrender at Waterloo. Yeah. He's lucky to have a wife that responds so dramatically to his historical facts. Yeah, she might have been on the floor. That's the true. Time. That's a less distance, isn't it? In, yeah. my, in my experience, when I tell women what I think are shocking historical facts, they, they go, all oh, right. Well, Ed, Eddie. Um, <laughs> Very I like little the idea dropping moments. Going round. Oh, here he comes, Pierre, and his shocking historical facts. With his my, tray my of snacks and his historical facts. <laughs> Which he calls game. <laughs> my, my partner often comes up with historical facts, but they're from our relationship. <laughs> are they jaw dropping? They Thanks. are absolutely. Absolutely, George. Did surrender. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, many times. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. Frank, Eddie from Coulston has been in touch. Oh, okay. And you know what Eddie from Coulston was responsible for? Well, I'm going to remind you. It, of Coulston Eddie... replacing cool in the English language. Wow. Eddie says, Morning, Frank, Emily and Pierre. I'm a bit disappointed not to be included in the list of favourite Eddies. After all, did Eddie Cochran <laughs> gift you a new word for cool? I think, um, not, think not. I can't. I remember he did an interview <laughs> with Marty Wilde on a, on a British pop show in the early 60s, I think. Mm. I think Eddie Cochran died in the 60s. It must have been very early. And um, Marty Wilde said, And I hear you, uh, you like hunting... Um, oh, no. And Eddie said, uh, Eddie said, yeah, I, I like guns, don't you? And oh. Marty Wall says, yeah, fabulous. But uh, <laughs> he thought, oh, man, what are we discussing here? Fabulous. Fabulous guns. Yeah, my cold dead hands, fabulous. Um, <laughs> fabulous guns. So, I, I can only apologise. No, I can Eddie. see he's, he's, yeah, he was responsible for something... Uh, the yeah. important on the show. <laughs> we um we had a correzione from Jean. This is from uh, Jean Vincent, who I think was on the last tour with Eddie Cochran. What's happening, Eddie Cochran? Gene <laughs> Vincent, what is this turning <laughs> into? Gene says, "Dear Frank and Associates, I'm a long-time reader for many associates. years. Associates, <laughs> associates. These are my associates. <laughs> for many years, I have waited." for you to address the subject of the Rock Island Line and for you to finally issue a correzione about the song Rock Island Line and for many years I have been disappointed. I used to, um, when I said what we got on the show, I used to end by saying, we got pig iron, we got all pig iron, which is a thing that Lonnie Donegan used to well, shout out. Well... Frank incorrectly credited the song to Lonnie Donegan when the song originated with the great Huddy Ledbetter. Yes, but um, th that wasn't the version I was familiar with. And oh. Lonnie Donegan's whole style was to do those old American sort of folk songs. Yes. Um, I'm sorry. Well. I missed the leg. Mm. I'll do a bit of Huddy Ledbetter just for you. Yes, me and a bunch of cowboys were on the western plain. Me and a bunch of cowboys on the western plain. That's when me and them cowboys bumped into Jesse James. Singing hi hi yip, singing hi hi yip, yip, yay. There you go. Well, there you go. Well, that, please enjoy that as he signs off cordially, Gene Pocket. <laughs> oh, nice. Oh. Good name. Yeah. From Seattle. I now have an image of a Gene Pocket. Yeah. 
The tiny one. Yeah. The main pocket's younger brother. Not the the one for your um, for what your Vicky inhaler. Yes. <laughs> what is that jean pocket? I think for? it's for uh, change, isn't it? Loose change. Is it? Are you so sure? You I suspect it's for. It feels like the early days of Levi Strauss. I think it's for Baby Bell. Well, I think it'll be Ooh. some construction. I think, I think it's you'll for find. preventing baby belts. <laughs> oh, that pocket. God, Frank. A it different is... sort of wax seal. Stop oh, it. yeah. Stop it, please. You're not in your on your little lad's tour bus now. No, it's true. <laughs> the most unladdish tour bus. It's a good job bus. we don't have. We don't broadcast from the tour bus. <laughs> oh man. I'd listen to that podcast. Yeah, once. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't strike me as very locker room, your band. No, you it's not. It's so, a lot of it is a, very hardcore, historical. It's more cathedral-based. If there was a locker room of some sort of Anglo-Saxon <laughs> studies institute, <laughs> yeah. when, they're yeah. all, when they're all toweling off after a long day of uh, <laughs> manuscripts. We never towel off, can I, can I say that? What's that? We don't towel off. We drip dry. Yeah, we Don't do. Towel off? No, no, definitely not. <laughs> okay. I've, I've, I have been. I don't know how long I've been doing stand-up comedy, but I've done many. I've been in many dressing rooms with a shower. I've never, ever showered before or after a gig. I don't know who does that. Lee, yeah, but that's Lee, Lee Evans. Oh yeah. yeah. I, ho- I hope. And the strong men, if they do a live show. Lee Evans was have- a shower. He just generated his own fluid. He was self-basting like a turkey. Frank Skinner. Frank Skinner. Absolute Radio. Frank, I'd like to share some further correspondence with you, this time from Edward Tilly. OK. You think related to Vesta Tilly, the, the male impressionist? Hmm. Probably I don't not. know. Surely. That's a slightly Edwardian vibe, though, uh, as, as the, uh, things with the name Edward often do. I occasionally listen to an earlier episode during the week, Frank. Right. You OK with that? Yeah. OK. <laughs> just checking. When I'm commuting... He's up front with a big, fine gal. That's, I'm just thinking Vesta Tilly. How dare you? I'm thinking Vesta <laughs> Tilly sang, following my father's footsteps. And there's a bit that he's following his father around town and he says he's up front with a big fine gal so I thought I'd get one as well. Um, (laughs) We didn't know, you see. We didn't know then. (laughs) Carry on. And Edward continues... And That'd I, be another good stage name. What? Edward Continues. Yeah. Oh, I like yeah. that. And I recently re-enjoyed the discussion you once had on celebrity memorabilia. Well, we've had so many because we all own so much of it. We well, don't really. Frank no. owns a few bits. I've I, got some bits. All I've got I've is... I've got schnorbits, actually, stuffed. He, he has got no. schnorbits stuffed. <laughs> there was a few schnorbitses you could probably was have. A, yeah, I think he just... That's the great thing about having a dog co-star. He just matches the breed. No one tell gets me about close it. enough to tell you. Yeah. <laughs> I think you're on your fifth ray. Yeah, nearly <laughs> on number six. Yeah. Uh, uh, and I thought I'd Number share, six. <laughs> I thought I'd share this. My mum used to work at Sotheby's in the 80s. Nice. I'm already all in yeah. with Edward Tilly's story. And Faye Dunaway came in one afternoon to have an item appraised. Oh. I love the idea of Faye just turning up. Hello, is Let that Sotheby's? Let me guess, a dress from Bonnie and Clyde. Well, during the meeting with a specialist, Faye smoked a cigarette. Mm. These were different times. Yes. Imagine in Sotheby's now with all sort of Monet paintings yes, around the walls. They've, they've, Have you got a they've light? done away with it now. Just vaping I all say, over the priceless yeah, wardrobe. I say. Uh, I know. Yeah, yeah, let him just say it and then we'll move so we can all move on. Frank, anyway, you say? Anyway, no, I've said it now. I know you've Come said on, it. Come on, I want to know what happens okay. with, with Faye. Um, after Faye left, the cigarette butt, which had a considerable amount of bright red lipstick on it... I bet. ..was kept in a small frame in the Sotheby's department as a souvenir of such a glamorous visitation. Best wishes, Edward Tilly. Edward doesn't, I note, tell us what she was selling. I think maybe he's being uh, professional and discreet. Yeah. Was it 19 cigarettes? (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, so, yes. A cigarette oh, yeah. butt with bright red lipstick on is a very film noir clue. Yeah, it is. I um, I back for good. As I well. kept a cigarette that Marky e. Smith gave me, Did you? which I'd smoke with him. But I kept my bot, mm. as it were. But then again, I was a reader of the year in 1999. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not forget that. With uh, a considerable amount of bright red lipstick on it. <laughs> <laughs> Robert Smith. I was very popular at the time. He was doing as Robert Smith. Mel has been in touch. Oh, this is enormous sense of relief. Good morning. All the little pocket in Levi jeans was originally intended for watches. What? Really? What sort of a watch? Really? What sort of a well, watch? I'm guessing a pocket watch. A gentleman's pocket watch. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to put on my Levi's and check my check the time of day. Yeah, well, I I'm going to get a Rolex. <laughs> Look, there. I, I'm going oh. I'm going to show you this. You, I know we're not visual. What's going on? But I'm going to show you my little pocket there. I, I don't want to see it. And in it. There are two things, two items, yeah? OK. The one ring. It's got a Vix inhaler. It's not a Vix, it's a... Well, it's actually a Albus oil. Albus oil. And the other thing. He's... Ah, yeah. Dice Man. He's got a dice. It's a dice. a dice in my pocket. In case I have to make a decision that I just can't come well, out as quick die. enough. A die, I suppose. Yeah, exactly. When was the last time you rolled it? You mind your own business. <laughs> Frank Ultra Magnus, one of our regulars, yes. has contacted us. Have you mentioned the Willy Wonka experience yet? I'm afraid I've got the parents round and they're too interested in talking about redecorating our house. Well, the, the people who put on the Willy, which I believe was called the Willy's <laughs> Chocolate Experience. Yes, I believe it was. I, which is great because there was... Uh, <laughs> A soul's chocolate. Yes, they got no chocolate, and they, they got, got one jelly bean and a quarter of a cup of lemonade. To yeah. be fair, it is Lent. That's true. Can I say Willie's Lent experience? Exactly, that would be great. Right, <laughs> you could throw that in your house. Yeah, yeah. the, the catering on the Willie's Lent experience. There yeah. isn't enough fasting-based um, <laughs> events in this country. Forty days and forty nights. <laughs> Just Willy Wonka, incredibly serious, thin. So, in case you've missed this story, and it's been everywhere, in Glasgow, they staged a, um, what, I don't know about, um, to paraphrase, I think it might have been Joseph Goebbels, um, mm. when I hear the word immersive, I reach for my <laughs> revolver. <laughs> and this was an immersive experience. For me, that's swimming or nothing. Yes. Mm. Um and it was called Willy's Chocolate Experience, and it was a themed for, for, Willy Wonka well, thing. Yeah, was it was, it? It, for copyright reasons, it was Willy's Chocolate Experience, yes. and it was themed around the abstract notion of some sort of top-hatted, sweet-making man. Yes, <laughs> Who's exactly. to say what kind of... Oh. Um, yeah, very much... Oh, were they not allowed to use Wonka? God, God no. Oh, no, okay. no, no, Wonka. Who's Wonka? This is this is Willie's chocolate experience. Who yes. knows who Mr. Wonka As is? As it was, of course, it wasn't even chocolate's chocolate experience. <laughs> no, no. You've got to have chocolate there. Why you? didn't they? Do you know there was one child who said there wasn't even a Freddo? <laughs> I mean, that is unacceptable. There was a five-year-old child who said there wasn't even a Freddo. <laughs> they would have gotten even fewer customers with Willie's single jelly bean and half cup of lemonade experience. But a parent, I uh, like the parent question. It was an absolute shamble, so we decided to call the police. <laughs> yeah. Wow! Is that how people complain now? Frank, can we discuss the calling of the police? So, should we just set the scene a bit? And it, case... is in, it is in Glasgow, where the police, I understand, can sometimes be fairly busy. Well, it was, it was in Glasgow. It was in a, a sort of converted warehouse, wasn't it? Which was quite sparsely decorated. Well, it looked like an S&M dungeon. <laughs> <laughs> Except too light. Too yeah. light. No, it's strip lighting overhead. Well, when the cleaners are in after. <laughs> there, was, oh, there was the chocolate river, one child described as an old strip of dirty brown carpet. Yes. Um... And there were some actors playing... There were three Wonkers, one of whom On said rotation, yeah. he got so depressed at the sound of all the children going... Yeah. He 
went and sat in his car during his lunch yeah, break no, and stared at the car. floor. Mm. <laughs> well, there was a, there is a great photograph which has gone around of uh, an umpa lumpa with a chemistry set, yes. looking so ashamed. <laughs> And there aren't enough pictures of uh, actors looking ashamed, I yeah. think. Um, then there should be many more. But she really looked, yeah. It, it looks like it should be like a sort of sponsor. For two pounds a month, the simple lumper could be given a proper chemistry mm. set. It looks like we captured. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it looks like we captured the exact moment when she'd realised she wasn't going to get paid. <laughs> Cold <laughs> place fix you is playing in my yes. head when I look at that picture. Oh, okay. Miners don't give up. Peter yeah. Gabriel, yeah, yeah. Kate Bush, maybe. For me, it's that, you know that Chopin? But what it should have been, of course, is World of Imagination. That's what should be played over that picture. Yes. I want your imagination. Yes, whatever which is it is, what yeah. you would have needed. I actually hate Willy Wonka. I hate all the variations in the films. I hate the original film. It's it's the worst children's How thing. Day. I really. I mean, when they're on about, as I say, changing the words in Roald Dahl's books, mm. I mean, why not just change them all? <laughs> How do you feel about the Grinch? I like the Grinch. So do I. One of my favourites. Right? I would. I'd happily go to a Grinch uh, experience. I mean, this is from. This is usually, one in a way. Well, we'll call, yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> Except he um, he choreographed it. Frank Skinner, Frank Skinner. on Absolute Radio. Uh, this is um, Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio with Emily Dean and Pierre Novelli. You can text the show on eight twelve fifteen. You can follow us on X and Instagram at Frank on the Radio and you can email via frank at absoluteradio.co.uk. We were talking about Woolly's chocolate experience. You were. Uh, <laughs> well, so are you. In Glasgow. And what we haven't touched on yet mm. is the, the concept of possibly my favourite character ever, the unknown. Oh, yes. Are you familiar with the work of the unknown, Frank? Yes. Well, look, I... I've never got through any of the Wonka films, so I I thought maybe he's someone that appears. Oh, no. Oh, no. No, no. Pierre? I should say he's an evil chocolate maker who lives in the walls. <laughs> yes. Um, it's important to note at this juncture, I feel, <laughs> that the script upon which this immersive experience um, was based and the way that the guy sold it to whoever funded it yeah was generated by AI and all the images on their website were generated by AI yes it's interesting that because I think it's the first sort of populist major article in the news that where AI has absolutely been shown as the villain there's all this stuff yes. that AI is going to be bad going to be but in this one AI makes children <laughs> cry <laughs> is, the, is the subtext yeah and what I like it's reassuring if you're a creative where they go oh we'll just get AI to write the script yeah well <laughs> I, I have a bit I have a bit of the blurb here. oh yeah oh is this from the script Frank yeah. well no this is from the, uh, the way they sold it on oh come on Entering entertainment, yes. entering being E-N-C-H-E-R-I-N-G, entering entertainment, cat-gacating. Cat-gacating, yes. Exacerdry lollipops, a passadice of sweet teats. Mm. Yeah, that's a, that's I mean, a different Willie's chocolate read, experience. Who read that and thought, oh, we should, we should go to that? <laughs> Someone went, what is this? See here, there's a passadice of sweet teats. <laughs> yeah. That sounds good. A passadice is a good. That sounds it's like somewhere bit... your pass will get you to every aspect it's of the experience. <laughs> was brilliant. It yes. is quite accidentally quite um, yeah, yes. creative in a way. Um, but the AI script um, makes it clear that the, the, the Willy of Willy Chocolate Experience is not Willy Wonka, brackets, please don't sue us, but um, Willy McDuff, famous Glaswegian chocolatier. Oh. Hang on, Willy what McDuff. about the unknown? Because Sorry, what, yes. What no, I he saw... works for walls. 
Se vi måla ur den. Well, they clearly said to the AI, okay, well, we need an antagonist in this immersive experience. Please, Mr. Robot, can you put it in the script? And the AI that... decided to invent something called the unknown. But they've got three um, willy open brackets, Wonka question mark. Yeah. Three of those and, and, and the, the unknown. unknown. So four chocolatiers on site. But the, the, the Willie McDuffs were in rotation. Yeah, but even so, there yeah. should have been some chocolate somewhere. It you go to Cadbury World, yeah. and they stuff you up from the beginning. You because chocolate coming out of your ears. Yeah, <laughs> I think um, I think the AI didn't take that into account. If you look into, if you look at the script, what I like about the script, and I recommend finding it online. Um, there are no Oompa Loompas, by the way. They're called Wonky Doodles. Yeah, fair enough. Oh, because of copyright. <laughs> yeah. It's, no, it's, because it's, they had Wonky Doodles. Oh, my <laughs> God. It's, it's very um, Halloween costume. Yeah, AI is still in its infancy. It's very Halloween costume, you know. It's not, it's, it's not uh, Tinkerbell. It's uh, Glitter Fairy. Yeah, oh, you I know. see, yeah. I, I love copyright infringement avoiding terminology. It's well, my favourite. And it that, had all those costumes. I mean, you know I find fancy dress so bl- depressing. Blade-handed it goth. It makes me want to go and lie down in a dark room, fancy this, dress. This, I, when I was, saw this, I thought, this is your horror of the Reebok trainers sticking out from the ghost oh. costume. Oh, yeah. Why Made do you manifest? want to dress up as other people? Be comfortable with yourself. <laughs> There's a, depressing. There was like a rainbow arch, a glitter rainbow arch. was one oh. of the few things. That re- I remember seeing something very similar in a working men's club in Aston. <laughs> <laughs> the night when Zoe Springsteen was on, I remember. It was a woman about 50 and came on and started clapping her hands above her head, at which point a mini dress rose up and everyone went, oh, darling. And... Uh, <laughs> Oh, she said, clap your hands if you like, Tamla Motown. And uh, it, it was like that. That's what this reminded me of. I hope she's still working, Zoe. Springsteen, real name. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. Frank, the unknown. You're, from... you're obsessed with it. Not I, really, am I? You I'm honestly not... expect me to have information about the unknown. <laughs> well, it's the un... He was the ca- central character. He was the sort of jump scare character. He was the antagonist well, of Willie's Chocolate Experience. Why I've say. got obsessed with him is I just wanted to talk a bit about who did his makeup and hair. Well, he had a mask, didn't he? Well, he had a silver mask, so... but he had a sort of Dorian from Birds of a Feather black wig. A nylon black... What was it, like a sheet or something? Cloak thing, yeah. And it was quite odd, because the setup for the jump scare was him hiding behind... You know one of those long uh, uh, IKEA mirror, mirrors was, yeah. you get, like rectangular My First Flat yeah, mirror? Yeah, And he jumped out. And I've seen that video where he jumps out and you just hear a lone child going... Aah! It's the <laughs> start of an air raid siren, the kids going... As, as the tears I think, begin. I think that's one of the only moment when I felt sorry for um, the unknown, the chocolate uh, experience. Did you? Why? I, I thought that some of those noises were ooh. No, no, that yeah. wasn't. That, I, I that really, child was in distress, Frank. I, um, With a single jelly bean that rattling around the side. That might have been the making that noise. <laughs> true. <laughs> yeah, true. The unknown realised he wasn't going to get paid. Well, they, the actors got the script a day before. This mad AI written script. <laughs> well, the script's very elaborate. The, the script promises talking flowers and uh, floating bubbles with lights glowing inside them. Well, the organiser has been very... Um, Sorry. Mm. Um, is said, that from the House of Illuminati? Yeah, this mm. is. Uh, yeah, that's not going to make people think there's a conspiracy <laughs> theory. Um, he said, "I'm really shocked that the event had fallen short of the people on paper." Mm. Is he AI? AI as well? <laughs> he gets AI to do his apologies. What's great in the script is the stage directions specify how good of a time the audience are having, which. <laughs> As a performer, I think is such a mon- amazingly optimistic. Yeah. In brackets, in the script, it's saying the audience are delighted and laugh uproariously. What do, we were saying earlier about the police being called, though, I would like to discuss this because I'm sorry, you can't call the police if you, every time you encounter a disappointing entertainment experience. Well, it was thirty-five quid a ticket, so perhaps it was um, daylight <laughs> robbery, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. But I mean, you. 
you know, you've seen some terrible things. You haven't called the police. I've, I've done some terrible things. <laughs> but see, maybe. Excuse me, I've just watched Shane too. I would like, oh no. But maybe we'll do that. Maybe we'll what? look back and think, well, this was one of AI's early gigs. It was just, you know, learning the thing. And now look at it, it's writing major Oscar winning movies. To be fair, if uh, they, they had a budget of one to two hundred thousand pounds, they could have come close to the script, but mm. not not with um, sellotaping a, anyway, a small banner. We the... love these stories. I mean, when I say we, I mean the people of Britain. Yes, I think that it's what I would call this in the genre. I, I'd say that this one, this edition, would be Winter Wonka Land. Mm. You know those, they're usually quite seasonal, these yes. stories, and they're Christmas-themed places where there's a German shepherd with some antler-shaped dealy boppers. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. pulling a, a cardboard sleigh. And some very people, muddy snow. But people love those stories of terrible, immersive events. Well, it makes them feel better, you know, all of us feel better about our own lives. Oh, well, there you are then. So well done, <laughs> Illuminati Industries or whatever they call called. Industries, like Superman villains. <laughs> Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. I've been I've been picked up on my the the, the other day I was criticising from my sort of point of view of having moved here as a kid from South Africa how frightening I found British kids TV. Mm. A lot of sort of handmade puppets and men in sheds mm. and so on. But we've heard from Greg. <clears throat> Excuse me. He says, Dear Frank and team, we've been listening to Pierre, to Pierre talk about scary puppet animals on British Kids TV, but has Pierre forgotten Hartley Hare's South African twin, Harstas Senuskas? Wow. Oh, I like this. My wife was born in South Africa and has been shouting at the radio, Surely Pierre remembers Harstas Senuskas. Apparently, he was a hare that read the news from the animal kingdom. And there were lots well, of characters. The actual news. No, from the Animal Kingdom. Oh, I see. What yeah. sort of story? What sort of breaking I news? I thought you meant he was from the Animal Kingdom. <laughs> and but he, he read, read the, the, news. the people's news. Now, there are lots of characters with great names. Bettina Bobbyan, the baboon, Dr. Carolus Crab, the crab. Um, anyway, love the show. Looking forward to seeing you guys at Warwick Arts Centre, Greg Taylor. So I thought... I thought, I don't think I know. I should say, we're on tour, me and Pierre. We're not... Soon, um, yeah. We're not, on just tour. Hang, we're not just hanging out. No, we're doing an in-conversation we were discussing uh, kids, yeah. kids TV from different nations. No, I'm sure with a locker, um, locker room band. That's it, yeah. About yeah. Do, do you remember those South African... Well, I thought, like, hastas and nuskas. So what I, does it mean? I, I don't even really know. The, I, I looked it up, so I thought, well, am I, have I really... Of course you looked it up. Of course, of course I looked it did. up. And? and hastas and nuskas. Harstas' Newsbox was a weekly short TV show in South Africa about a rabbit and a mouse running a news broadcast. Created by Louise Smith in 1976. Schmidt? But I said, I, you know, I was, I was born in the 90s. I think I, I must remember have. a few. Um, there was a. There was a. Ex Niso Oat. There was a sheep poppy that was known rather distastefully as Lamb Chop. Yes. Don't remind us. I've heard you know, of Lamb Chop. That was Sherry Lewis's thing. And there was an Italian mouse, Topo Gigio. Do you remember him? I do. Oh, you're so Oh, no, don't do that, Tommy. No. He was very much like that. And he was very much people in completely black outfits standing behind him, operating him. You know, you know. Oh, See, you yeah, don't get the uh, celebrity puppets in the way that you once had them. They were celebrity in their own right they puppets were. whereas now they don't want these the young people the tatty old puppets they want no. the cartoons is there a puppet now that you could get on the Graham Norton show no, yes yes Hackety Dog is that the nice one that works Hackety Dog hang on is that Reece Stevenson the nice no, one no no you wouldn't I know the one where there's two dogs no, one's no. called Hacker and oh, one's called something else. Can you else. keep a lady this to dog, your locker room, no. Bants, on the tour bus, Hacker T. Dog was a, that was a friend get, of the parody and Sterling's sidekick. They wouldn't get interviewed on Graham Norton. He's really, no. he's really funny, Hacker T. Dog, he works to be with fair. Has he been on Graham Norton? Not yet. There you have it. <laughs> what we're but that's down to Graham Norton's prejudice. No, <laughs> what we are talking about, dogs. yeah, we are talking about, it's, there was a time when puppets were as big as, in the way that horses were famous, they was, horses were celebrities, you would yes. see them on the red carpet, Frank, wouldn't you? Well, I did a personal appearance <laughs> thing with Red Rob. Did you? Horses yeah. were huge. 
Yeah, we, he, was, any... he was in a, a ballroom standing <laughs> on a carpet, red rom. Did you yeah. interview him? For the, Old um, and E.T., huge. I think it was Double Glazing Salesman of the Year awards. Whereas they don't get the VIP invites now. The puppets. No. I think he had his box done. Double glazed. <laughs> Free. Frank Skinner. Absolute Radio. I have a question for you guys. Have did at any point in the UK or growing up or in your whole lives, did you ever come across something called the old man of the mountain? Sort of puppet. Oh, do you mean watch or in real life? I met a few of those. <laughs> yeah. I, I am the old man. My dad hung out with a lot of philosophers. Yeah. <laughs> no. Well, um, when you're a kid sometimes, or certainly when I was a kid, you come, you end up uh, having these sort of slightly mysterious VHS tapes of kid shows. Because South Africa, like a lot of sort of third culture countries, you've got American TV and British TV and Canadian, Australia, all over yes. the world and many languages. And as kids, we had this VHS tape called The Old Man of the Mountain. And it was a sort of stop motion animation like puppet thing about this old man who lived on a mountain and he was his job was to sort of protect the spirit of the mountain. Uh, see, personally, <laughs> if I'd have been living with my parents and had seen a VHS called Old Man of the Mountain, I'd have left it alone, just in case. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. So no, I, I don't know. So you'd have seen in VHS. As, as kids, we no one else had ever heard of it. We couldn't tell where it had come from or who had but made I it. I think everyone, uh, when they get to a certain age, has got a television programme that they are become uncertain that it actually happened yes. because other people hadn't We heard. started to think we'd imagined it and I, it had this great booming narrator and I looked it up the other day and it was Brian Blessed. Oh. You got and blessed. He was blessed. And the... Was it a South African production? It was a Czechoslovakian... Of course it was. ...communist puppet... Uh, <laughs> of course it was. Communist puppets. Yeah. I went back and watched it on YouTube and all the storylines are like, and of course he had too much money saved up, so oh. the old man of the mountain came and scared him into giving it away. But I remember watching... <laughs> go, okay, this right. is... Uh, I've, I've become another radio show I hope this would never become as we talk about kids' shows. But there was a programme called Mr Piper, which I've never met anyone else who has heard of it. And it was a man who had a bag with lots... The answer to every problem was in his bag. Oh, oh, it's a sort of form of ther- and he would say, "Ha ha ha! Come and see all the stories there, baby. In my in my stories, in my songs, and then his catchphrase: I put fun where fun belongs. Ooh. Well, we'll be the judge of that, Mister Piper. <laughs> also, but tell us where fun belongs. It's the sort of thing someone would say is they binned a toy. Yeah. Also, no, that would belongs. be your catchphrase if you were the unfunniest comedian in the world. What about if I walked into? Bush and Richie's show just stormed in and said, I do not believe that fun belongs here. Stop having it. <laughs> They'd be outraged, and quite rightly. What does he not? look like, Mr. Piper? He was um, clinically obese in a sort of a. Um, <laughs> Falstaffian, you mean? Yeah, Falstaffian in a sort of a elf outfit. He sounds grotesque. Oh. Wow, yeah. But I've never met anyone else who's heard of that. And there was other, and now we're going to go down to Animal Farm with Kooky the Kitten and blah, blah, blah. And I thought, Animal Farm, that's been used. What are you doing? <laughs> Mr. Piper. You get sued. Must have had a cake shop. <laughs> this is Frank Skinner. Skinner. This is Absolute Radio. Um, what then? <laughs> All right. Well. Too late, we're out of time. So anyway... No, we're not. I'll be the judge of that, because Mr Piper has been remembered by a a number of our readers. However, it has been suggested by Russell in Nottingham... Yes. um, Hello to all the merry men. It's not... It's difficult to access his programmes, because I think... I don't know why... But he was let go, I believe. No, I think, yeah. I'm, I'm not surprised. <laughs> I don't know why or what I'm not happened. saying I liked it. <laughs> oh, now you're <laughs> I'm saying I watched it. I put oh, okay. fun where fun belongs. It's quite a Cromwellian 
yeah. thing to say. The, yeah. the bin is where it belongs. But you'd, wear, you'd wear a T-shirt with I put fun where fun belongs. I don't, people, There's seems, an intimidating energy to it. Yeah, there is. Because it mentions fun, but it doesn't say I like it. It mentions it, but it compartmentalises it at the same time. Can I be absolutely there's clear? Also, there's a suggestion there are places where fun is just not welcome. You could wear that T-shirt and say, look, I think this is one of those places where fun just doesn't belong. <laughs> yeah. Let's leave. Fun is very, is fine in its context. Yes. Uh, can I be absolutely clear here? Yeah. I know I sound like I'm a Tory MP at an inquiry. But Jimmy Lutkin says disrespect Hacker T Dog on national radio again and there'll be serious problems. Right. right. We were not disrespecting Hacker T Dog. No, I'm just saying that. Hackerty works. He hasn't been on Graham Norton. And Hackerty works. I believe Hackerty works with Reece Stevenson, one of our personal faves, Frank. To be honest, we in recent Rhys. years, I was on Ian Graham Norton when the other big guests were afraid to come on because of COVID. So they were on screens. <laughs> and I was established as one of those people that showbiz felt it could afford to lose. <laughs> Have you been asked back on Graham Norton? After no, no, they got. I was in the front line. Now, now that the war is over, I've forgotten. Are you? Yeah, but you know, I'm fine with it. I so really got on with Graham I, Norton. I really when enjoy I met things him. to not do. You'd have thought puppets would be the ultimate COVID-safe guest. Yeah, exactly. They could have a host puppet, host puppet. Do you know what I realised when I met Graham Norton? I got on so well with him, and I thought, oh, maybe we'll be friends. And then I realised, oh no. That's what he's good at. Yeah, well, making, he's, and it, he's so good at it. He's a perfectly <laughs> nice man. Oh, he's lovely. <laughs> but I would like—I've said on here many times that I would—I wish most of television was puppets. There's no yeah. reason why. Why so you don't have to work with well, people? Well, there's no. They wouldn't have all the people saying, "Oh, this is the third series. I want three times the salary." If Friends had been puppets, it would have been a lot cheaper, wouldn't it? Yeah, that's yeah. true. I think you'd like Hackerty Dog. He's a good puppet. Isn't it all in Afrikaans, though? Hackerty Hunt. Where's my Biltong? Yeah, it wouldn't. I don't think Friends would have been as successful if it had only been available in Afrikaans. If it had been called Burties. Burkies. <laughs> yeah. Is that what it would have been? Burties, yeah, buddies. Marvellous. Buddies, Chinas. So, look, enough of this. Um, you know what? Ross. Thank, do his bit. Thank you for listening today. And um, if the good Lord spares us and the creeks don't rise, we'll be back again this time next week. Now, get out. This is Frank Skinner. This is Absolute Radio.